We're now going to look at uh, the final verses of chapter 3 in John, John 31 to 36. Um, this is the evangelist's reflection on everything he's been telling us since he opened the chapter with that discussion with Nakrimon Ben Gurion, Nicodemus. And there, it was the witness that everything that we have that is lasting comes from above. So we have to be baptized from above, or baptized, or born rather, from above. And we lack, you see, what it takes to live a life above. So the Son of Man comes and witnesses to us what that life is, you see. And he tells us, you see. Nobody has come, you know, except myself. I've come down from heaven. I can tell you who the Father is. I've known him from all eternity. And I'll tell you who he is. And so, this last part, then, you see, is John's reflection, starting way back with Nicodemus and going through all the parts of this um, chapter, which center on basically Old Testament, New Testament. After Nicodemus, a good man, uh, then the Baptist, with an Old Testament rite, prophetic, powerful, prepared the people. John himself, the last of the Old Testament prophets, who paid for his zeal with his life. And that's why he must decrease, you see, not go away. We need the prophetic books of the Old Testament because they speak of Jesus. If you look at Luke 24, it says that um, Jesus opened up for them the text in Scripture that spoke of him. Well, what Scripture was there that day? Only the Old Testament. And from the Old Testament, he showed them. You can see the same thing, for instance, in uh, St. Justin Martyr, even St. Irenaeus. They argue from the Old Testament to the reality, the majesty, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's right there in the scriptures, meaning the Old Testament. So, it's not a finished, you see, and that's why you see it's, it's um, incomplete, but it's not over. There's only one Bible. So, the one who comes from above is above all. That's Jesus. Huh? The one who is of earth is earthly and speaks uh, of earthly things. But the one who comes from, he from heaven is above all. Now, this word above all is again anothen, which is the word back. You have to be born from above. You have to be born again. It's the same word in Greek, anothen. And so, he's... he's bringing us back to the initial conversation of the opening verses of chapter 3 to tie the whole chapter together for us. Huh? It's a witness of this mysterious presence of the Word made flesh among us, preaching and baptizing for a while himself, you see, to prepare the people. His own baptism had committed him irrevocably to his passion. Every Jew went into the baptism of John to affirm 
their Israelite vocation. But Jesus' Israelite vocation was to be the Son of Man and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so, uh, but he's of above. You know that famous text in um, chapter 2, the last verse. Remember Nathaniel comes to Jesus and Jesus says, Before I saw you under the fig tree. And Nathaniel's mighty impressed by that. And so he says, You, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you're the King of Israel. And Jesus says, That's nice, Nathaniel, but just because I saw you under the tree. Then he says, but to the, in the plural now, all of you will see greater things than this. You will see the heavens opened and the angels of God descending, I mean, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Which means, that's an allusion to uh, Jacob's dream, right? In chapter 28 of Isaiah, where he saw this See, uh, then he had a dream, a stairway rested on the ground with its top reaching to the heavens and the angels were going up and down on it. And the Lord was saying, I am the Lord, the God of your forefathers, the God of Isaac, Abraham, and the land in which you are lying I will give to you and your descendants. But it's sacred land. That was one of the early shrines in Israel before there was a temple. And that shrine is designated by angels going up and down. So what is Jesus saying? I'm the shrine. I'm the temple. You you will see the angels of God going up and down on me. So that's he's alluding to all of this now when he says, you see, the one who is from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, and no one accepts his testimony. Whoever does accept his testimony, witnesses, certifies him that God is trustworthy. If you accept Jesus' testimony, you're saying the Father is trustworthy. Why? Well, he goes on to say it. For the one whom God sent speaks the words of God. You see, this is John reporting Jesus. I claim to be speaking the words of God. That's what I claim. You see? Um, And he does not ration his gift of the Spirit. That's beautiful, isn't it? He doesn't, he's not stingy. He pours out the Spirit. And it's (laughs) in its own way an allusion to the text in chapter 19. And he handed over, you know, uh, he, with a loud cry, he cried, Teteleste is finished, accomplished. And bowing his head, he handed over the Spirit. Now is the reign of the Spirit. So he's saying that already here. The Father loves the Son and has given everything over to Him. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever disobeys the Son will not see life. The wrath of God remains on him. Now, there's a very subtle movement here, you see. Whoever believes has, whoever disobeys. Lack of belief is a disobedience. You disobey when you don't obey. 
when you don't believe. It's that powerful. This brings us again to a text that I have referred to or a teaching that I referred to. The notion, see biblically, that the heart is the place where we directly are in touch with God. Now, we can't stand that. We cover it over with distraction, turn on the radio, but that's that place. So you see, turning away from that is turning away from a person. There is nothing in ancient philosophy or even in the Old Testament quite like it. You see, that revelation that the cardia or the lev, you see, is the place. That's why Paul says in Ephesians, I pray that God gave you the spirit of wisdom and revelation with the eyes of your heart opened. Your heart has to be opened. And so he's saying here, you see, but when you close you that, you disobey and will not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Huh? And so this is John summing up the teaching of the whole chapter. Uh, you see, the uh, we we already learned the um, the gift, and then we learn in sixteen to twenty one the, uh, the the relation of the passion and resurrection. If you remember in there, in those verses of chapter three, you see uh, again this is so profound. Huh? Uh, whoops. Um, the one who comes to the light huh? and the one who doesn't come to the light. Um, let me just find it for you here. Um, yeah, right here. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that everyone believing in him, notice again, belief, which means personal. I don't believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe you, Jesus, because you are the son of God. You see? And he has eternal life. No, God didn't send his son into the world that the world would be condemned, but that he might save the world, that the world be saved through him. Then it goes on, you see, in this is the crisis, the judgment, that the light has come into the world and men have loved darkness more than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. Do you see how heart is such a key concept, especially in the New Testament? If your heart is not straight, you're not going to understand anything. How does our heart get straight? Trying consistently to obey, to yield to the truth, which is obedience, right? And so that's what's being said here. Then uh, he says, you see, the one who is above is above all. And you need that, you see? Because the only good of a human being is not to remain earthly, but to be elevated by God. And I want to quote for you St. Thomas Aquinas, where very early in his own Summa Theologiae, he says, in fact, it's the very first question, 
on the very first article of the very first question, so it can't be any earlier. And he says, whether we need another doctrine, another teaching to realize our goal. And he says, you see, um, it was necessary for man's salvation that there be a knowledge revealed by God for our salvation besides philosophical science built up by human reason. First, because man is directed to God as to an end that surpasses the greatest grasp of his reason. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, and so forth. You see? In other words, God has to tell us who he is and where we're going and how to get there and what he's done for us in his own blessed son, Jesus Christ, who taught us and died and rose. We will never figure that out. You know, after 2,000 years, everybody's heard the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't mean you know it. You've only heard it. You only know it when you yield to it. And that's what this text is saying. They prefer darkness to light because their, their works, you see, are evil. But he who does the truth, oh, he loves to say these phrases. Not he who clings to the truth, he who accepts the truth, but he who makes, peon, or does the aletheia, comes to the, the light so that it can be seen that his works were done in God. Where's the confidence come from? God. You see? And that's the conclusion of this text. You see? Uh, that we have on uh, uh, faith.